They don't care about your 900 years of combined experience or your wall of books. They only want to know one thing. Once they've signed on the dotted line, are you going to take care of them? Welcome to the Judge Shaw way, where we believe providing an exceptional client experience is just as important as quality legal representation. From secret tips for creating unforgettable wow moments to proven customer service pointers, the Judge Shaw way is everything you need to go from being a good lawyer to owning a great brand. Hi, everyone. I'm Judge Shaw, host of the Judge Shaw Way podcast. Right now, my podcast has been focusing on delivering excellent customer experience. Today's topic, Letting Go to Grow, we'll discuss how a company's leadership needs to evolve as the company evolves. I have the pleasure of having Chad Dudley as my guest. Chad is a partner with the law firm of Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyers. Dudley DeBosier, with decades of experience handling personal injury cases, is one of, if not the best injury lawyers in the state of Louisiana. The company just does such an amazing job on managing their reputation, delivering remarkable service, and getting involved in their statewide community. I'm really excited for this one. It's going to be hard to think of any more important formula for any company that wants to scale or is growing to keep the focus on the customer over the business. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I'm here with Chad Dudley of the Louisiana law firm, Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyers. Welcome, Chad. Uh, Judd, thanks for having me. Chad, managing partner of um, a firm with nearly uh, 60 attorneys, 150 plus support team. That's a large law firm in terms of employee headcount, and I guess could be very well Louisiana's largest personal injury law firm. How do you lead such a large, successful operation while maintaining the company's dedication to clients? Well, look, it's a challenge and it's just been such a long journey over the years. We started the firm in 2009. You hit it on the nose. It's grown to probably about 55 plus attorneys, about 200 plus support team members and all over the state of Louisiana. And it's a challenge. A lot of I did consulting for a long time, for about a decade. And at our firm and firms I worked with, what I noticed is things break every time you double. And usually, you know, you got 10, 10 people in the office, everything works great. You go to 20, everything breaks. You go to 40, everything breaks. You go to 80, everything breaks. You go to 160, everything breaks. And I, I say everything breaks. A lot of the stuff that seemed to work tends to stop working the way it used to. And you have to sort of reinvent how you go about things. For us, the biggest challenge was probably when we got to going from 40 to 80 employees was really tough uh, growing at that size. Going from 80 to 160 was actually easier. It just went by in a heartbeat. 40 to 80, everything broke in a big way. Let's talk about the concept of letting it grow to grow. What What does that mean to you? When you start off your law firm, it's it's a new business. You're a startup, and you wear a number of hats. You're the you might be the IT guy one day. You might be marketing. You might be you know you're handling cases. You might make coffee. You might do it all right. And you're just trying to get your firm off the ground, and you wear a bunch of different hats. As you grow, if you try to hold on to all those hats, you become a bot. You become the bottleneck. You're preventing 
the growth at your firm. And so you have to start and let go of certain things and let people handle those. And, and as you grow even further, uh, your level of involvement drops significantly, right? And if you don't do that, you can strangle your firm or strangle your business um, and, and how, how fast it grows, how effectively it grows, how effortlessly it grows. And so that's, that's a challenge. So, uh, you know, companies face various challenges as they grow, as you just pointed out. And those challenges, I, I think, are often actually predictable. Um, mm-hmm. Change for businesses at various sizes. So a company that's you know, acting like a gazelle may have a few to, say, 20 employees, and perhaps they're experiencing rapid growth, right? And then there's those companies that double to 40 staff, and again, 80, and a team of 160, and that just continues what are what are the managers experiencing at those levels? Well, you know what what happens, and it's the biggest challenge I think that we all run into is that as you grow, you have to grow with it. I mean, the the manager, the leader that you were when you had ten employees or ten team members, you got to be twice as good, I think, when you hit twenty, and you got to be twice as good as that when you hit forty. And I think as as law firm owners, or if you're in law firm leadership, you have to take that seriously. You're, you're, you're take ownership of your education and uh, of your development to say, how am I going to make myself better at this a year from now, two years from now? And you have to kind of, you have to grow with your company. What you do see sometimes though, is there's, there's key people that were awesome when you guys were, you know, 20 employees that get overwhelmed when you go to 40. And in some situations, uh, we've had to move people that were in leadership when we were a certain size out of leadership once we grew past where they were comfortable being a leader. And that's a challenge, right? Or you have to get them training and, and you got people that grow with your company. And, and so it's it's different for each person in leadership, but there's no doubt that as you get to a larger size, the people in leadership just have to be better leaders. And it's, it's more and more challenging. The complexities multiply. Chad, you've uh, pointed out those size differences and, and regardless of size and growth, what would the tips you'd give these law firms or even companies mm-hmm. uh, to keep the client front and center over anything else? How do you do it? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, getting clarity on where you're going as a firm is one thing, right? Every year, one thing that we always did is that we try to be clear about here's where we are as a firm, here's where we want to go, and then sharing that with our leadership team, right? And that gives them an idea, okay, this is this is the, the direction that we're going in. The other thing um, is that our, your core values are, how are you, what rules are you going to play by to get from point A to point B, right? And for us, it is, you know, five things. We're going to take care of our team. We're going to take care of our clients. We're going to be the best, the best of what we do. We're going to have fun and we're going to give back. And so those five things are the rules by which we are going to abide by when we're trying to get from point A to point B. And we share that. And, and you know, the interesting thing is that when you are, if you have one partner and you have 10 employees, that partner makes up 10% of the firm's DNA, right? At 20 employees, you're now 5%, right? At 100 employees, you're now 1%. You're your ability to impact the culture of your team gets diluted. And so what you need is you need leadership that can also be ambassadors for your culture. And and so having clear values, having clear direction, 
and then having help once you get to a certain size of other people that are culture ambassadors, brand ambassadors that are throughout the firm, basically being an extension of you, why you started the firm, why you wake up every morning and do what you do, why you treat the clients the way you treat the clients. Like, can they help get that message to a larger crowd when your ability to influence is now diluted? And that's, that's at the core of what we um, try and do is we need leaders that, that understand our culture and then promote it throughout the firm. So, uh, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense when a owner who is very successful at growing a company, uh, dealing with 20 clients who all love the guy, can't do mm-hmm. that at 200 clients. And so now he's got to find other people to do it just the way he would do it or be able to deliver the vision, the core values, the promises, and, uh, and be able to trust that those guys will carry it on uh, just like he did. And so the, the women and, and men of, of companies essentially are the ones that are growing it. So, you know, Dudley DeBosch, right? They, I, they just produce. They produce results. They produce client satisfaction. How do you manage it all? It's, there, there's, there, there's so much that goes into it. And, and you know, you, you asked one of the questions, you know, what would you tell a firm that is a, you know, a smaller size and wants to grow? Part of it is getting your core processes straight way before you think you need those core processes, right? Because in the beginning, we start performing, we're like, okay, we're, we're, we don't need systems. We don't need processes. We're just going to do it. And that, those things get in the way. And I would say, hold up, document this, like create your systems and processes so that when you grow, they're already there. You don't want to have to figure those things out when the car is already going, you know, hundred miles an hour. You want to figure it out when it's at a standstill and you can take your time and work on it. Now, when we're looking at the firm as a whole and you're saying, okay, well, how, you know, what does quality control look like? It's a bunch of checks and balances going, okay. uh, We're very metric driven. We go, okay. We study the the top performers and go, what are they doing better than all the other attorneys? And and what, what can we do that can be repeated? You know, we say, is it, we always ask, is it an art or is it a science? Art is, you know what, it's tough to replicate. It's tough to explain. It's really tough to train. And we think there's very, very few things that fit in that category, but when they do, they do. But if it's a science understanding, let's break down the science of it and see how can we replicate it? How can we measure it? How can we make it easier for the attorneys to abide by it? You know, how often do we talk to clients and, you know, what do we talk to them about at certain parts of the case that eases their concerns and their fears and, and breaking down the mechanics of representation and making sure that each person is delivering a very, a great experience a great client service in a repeatable way and then the other part of that is you know making sure we're systematic about getting feedback from our clients and how often we survey the clients and what do they say and what do we do with that information how do we encourage them to be honest and that that gives us some visual on how they see us right and and all these things work together so that you can spot areas where you're not delivering what you want to deliver in terms of service or representation up to your, you know, we have a high standard on both. If we're not meeting that standard, we have systems and processes reporting heavily report driven feedback from the clients. It tells us, okay, go fix this, go address it with this, this attorney, with this legal assistant, with this thing that's not working for the client and let's make it better. And it is an ongoing constant process. 
you know, I'm born and raised in, in New Orleans, Louisiana. So I got some history there in, in your state. Um, and I, I know very well that Dudley DeBosier does such an excellent job at creating a client experience. Uh, your clients come back if they need help. They refer their friends and their loved ones to the firm. Uh, they participate heavily in your company events. You really get a real sense that your clients feel like Dudley DeBosier family. And I'm wondering if you have any tips to addressing predictable problems so that you don't lose focus on the customer. The problems that any company will still face generally as they grow will be faced by all companies at that same growth. And using those predictable problems, what are your tips to sort of looking for them and planning for them? You know, when you're, when you're growing as a law firm, one of the things that seems, you know, is an often recurring issue is that, you know, there'll be a, a system in place or some procedure. And at some point along the way, the why, the reason for that procedure, the purpose of that procedure gets lost, right? And so then you got someone that is doing this thing and they don't totally get why they're doing that thing. And so they do it from a mechanical mindset and sometimes so much so that it, it doesn't even serve the purpose it originally intended. And, and, you know, you see that as you grow, because as you, you know, you, you start this thing, you go, Hey, we do this. We, you know, we, we explain this to the client on the very first phone call and here's why we do it. Da, 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 da. And then down the road, people don't understand why we're doing that. And they either stop doing it or they do it in a way that is ineffective. And so what you find is that you constantly need to be sharing Here's why we do these things. Here's why we think this way. Here's why we look at things this way. And that is almost as key as having the procedure in place itself. Without the why, everything loses its, its power. And, and so that's, you know, that's a predictable problem. As you grow, you're gonna, your team will probably lose touch with the why. And also, as an owner, understand like why, why do you do what you do? Why is it important to have a firm that why not have a mediocre firm? Why not have a you know a firm that is mediocre and makes some money and, and go about your business? And why why is it so important to you to be great and deliver great representation and deliver great client service? And okay, well, let me tell you why, right? This is this is the kind of firm I want to be proud of. I want to know that if a friend or family member calls us up, that they can get matched up with any attorney in our office and I have complete peace of mind that that attorney is going to do an amazing job for that person and do um, and, and treat them unbelievably well. I want that type of confidence in a firm that has my name on it. I want to have that type of confidence um, in the people that I work with. And I think our team members want to have that type of confidence in the leadership that that's what they're striving to be. You know, it's fun to be great at something. It's not fun to be mediocre at something. No, it's not. Chad, you've provided consulting to easily over 100 other personal injury law firms by now, uh, both in your work with Vista Consulting and now as CEO of CJ Advertising. I know you're also a voracious reader of business leadership books. I get your monthly book club uh, book email, and I, I always try to read the kind of the books you're reading. I always promise the listeners that I'll get some secret inside tips from from industry experts like yourself. So uh, with all that, what's, what's the trick to building a customer-focused company? 
the why, going back to the why, first and foremost, is, is incredibly important. Go, why, why is it so important that every single person that has an interaction with our office, that we try and make it a great experience? Whether it's the, the FedEx guy delivering packages, whether it is someone bringing our, the coffee, whether it is a person with a potential case that calls us up that we doesn't fit the criteria for what we handle, so we turn it down, or someone that does have a case that we handle, why is it important to have great interactions with all of those people and explain, hey, look, you know, there's there's a, a bunch of law firms out there and these guys can interact with any number of them and they're going to interact with us in some form or fashion. And if they are impressed, not only when we just take the case and we want to represent them, but how we just treat them as people across the board, then that that's that's good for us. And one, it's just the right thing to do. And two, it helps grow your business, right? And and understand that's that's where we're coming from from that mentality and explaining that to them. Then the other part of that is you have a lot of people that would say, okay, well, that's great, I'm in. You have to then equip them with the skill sets to deliver on that, right? And whether it is, you know, beat the greed, are you gonna introduce yourself to someone you, you don't know in the lobby before they introduce themselves to you? Are you going to make sure that if someone's looking for something in the office that you walk them to it instead of just point them in, in that direction. Are you going to, on a rainy day, make sure that they have an umbrella when they're walking out to their car? Um, when a client calls for something that we don't take or not a case that we want to handle, how kind and compassionate are we to help them find maybe someone who can, even if we have no fee interest in that transaction, or get them resources that will help them? How just just do the right thing, be a good human. And training people on how do you do that? How do you handle a client complaint in a, in a compassionate and kind way and training them on that? How do you, um, you know, how should an attorney, what should he cover in that first phone call with a client to let them know that he's on top of all these things and, and address their fears before they raise them and training people to deliver on this expectation that we have then makes them feel like, okay, I'm not overwhelmed. When I run into this thing, here's what I do. When I run into that thing, here's what I do. And so we find it's a combination of saying, here's why we do it. Here's the standard that we're, we're striving for. And then here's the tools that we're going to train you on, on how to get there. And that's, that's, so that's part of it. The other part that we talk with firms about how do you, how do you build your culture? I think it's important to write down, what does your culture mean to you? I, I mentioned five things earlier on this podcast that we, you know, take care of our team members, take care of our clients. We want to be great at what we do. We want to have fun. We want to give back. I think all firms, that's our culture, right? But what those things mean at a very granular level, you should write down and it should be so that everyone can see it and be on the same page as to what that means. When we say take care of one another, that means giving each other the benefit of the doubt in all transactions. I'm going to assume that you meant well. I'm not going to, I'm never going to assume that that person is out to get me or I got a team member that doesn't have my best interest at heart. I'm going to begin by giving them the benefit of the doubt in all transactions. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to, if I have an issue with someone, I'm going to go commit to taking it up with them directly for clients. You know, if it means great client service, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to return their phone calls the same day I possibly can in any way, shape or form. I'm going to always treat them with professionalism and respect, regardless of how they act because they may be going through a lot, you know, defining what all these things mean is, is like a, your culture document, which we have. And that's important because that, that tells people what these values mean to everyone that's at the firm. And, you know, another thing 
is that we, we do huddles, right? We do huddles with everyone at the firm and we get together and we celebrate when those values that we talked about are exemplified by, by team members. If someone does something that shows outstanding uh, care for taking care of another teammate or taking care of a client or just having fun or doing great work or giving back, we celebrate it in that huddle. We go, hey, let me give a shout out to so-and-so who, you know, this Saturday took time out of their morning to go, you know, read books to this group of kids at this thing or donated their time to this charity or got this great result for a client or went out of their way to help this team member with this thing or whatever. You got to celebrate those values because then that demonstrates publicly because then that demonstrates to the team how important they are. And then finally, you know, one of the things that's just the, the truth of it is that you, you may have really awesome, great people that work at your firm that just don't share those same values or don't exemplify those same values. And no matter how great they are, they need to go somewhere else. It, it, they will kill your culture in a heartbeat and your culture is more important than any one person, no matter how amazing they are. So those things yeah. for firms that kind of build a culture, those are, those are some of the, the talking points. Well said. Chad, as we're witnessing under the current environment with this uh, pandemic, right, businesses can be unpredictable, up and down, and, and really fast moving. I, re- I read a book authored by Jim Collins and Morton Hansen titled Great by Choice. And I, I know that you've read that book as well. For those that have not read it, it's easily considered as one of the best leadership books of all time. The authors studied a comparison of companies that failed to achieve greatness in extreme environments and those that were actually quite successful. And the great companies and leaders that built them, they found were not any luckier, but they certainly got a higher return on luck, right? Collins and Hansen showed convincingly that even in a chaotic and uncertain world, greatness happens by choice, not chance. Dudley DeBosier continues to provide outstanding client service in this uncertainty, uh, even business chaos that some are going through. Yet your firm remains above the norm in client satisfaction. It's maximizing your clients' recoveries. And other companies may or, or can't do it under these circumstances. What's the difference there? Well, no, look, great, you know, great by choice, awesome book. You know, I think it's the, what is it, the follow-up to um, from good to great and talk about a lot of concepts, right? And they say, they talk about level five leadership, you know, the high, highly um, qualified leaders. And, and they, one trait is that those leaders, when, they, uh, when something goes right, they sometimes attribute it to luck out of humility, but the, when something goes wrong, they take ownership of it, right? And they say, okay, here's, here's what I, what I did or how I could have prevented this thing that could have gone better. And so you see that, but what, what from an outsider looking in the firms I've seen that have been um, consistent. And I think there's a, you know, with the, the art of war, Sun, Sun Tzu says opportunities multiply as they are seized. And so when you, when you, take an opportunity and you take, and you've probably seen this at your firm and and in your career going, I I took a chance and I grabbed that opportunity. And because I grabbed that opportunity, oh my gosh, a whole bunch of other stuff opened up. And had I not grabbed that thing, I I don't know, something else may have come along if I worked hard and kept taking chances. But when you, when you seize those opportunities more open up. And so I think that that's what we've seen is that, 
you know, the firms that have, and we said, look, there's all sorts of things that can impact personal injury firms. It can be legislation. It can be, um, you know, it could be changes in um, the judiciary. It could be pandemic. We've seen floods. We've seen hurricanes. We've seen uh, different things impact law firms over the years. And so we had this event that impacted every single industry. And what we saw, the firms that were operationally sound actually came out ahead. They came out better. They, they took the time. They took ownership of what they are facing. And they made their firms better during this time. And they were able to get things done at a way higher rate than they would have in normal times. And so a lot of the firms I was talking to, like, man, it was rough. We worked our butts off. But on the other side of this, we're a better firm. We feel that way about our firm at Dudley DeBosier going, it wasn't fun. But because of our culture, because of our leadership, because of the things that we, were, we felt like we were doing right before this pandemic hit, when it did hit, it brought us closer it, we worked harder. We got more stuff done. We were still able to serve our clients. We uh, were able to get through COVID without letting a single person go because of COVID. And we got to the other side with our team. And so we're, we're a better firm right now than we were in January of this year. Chad, I mentioned previously that you're also the CEO of CJ Advertising on top of managing um, Dudley DeBosier. Tell me briefly about CJ Advertising. Well, yeah, you know, you talk about, you know, opportunities that open up as you, you do other things. I've been doing consulting for 10 years. I, I started Vista Consulting with Tim Mackey, which was designed around, you know, how can we make law firms better uh, across the board? And we worked with, as you mentioned, over 100 law firms uh, over the uh, decade. And that was a great experience. And then toward the end of that decade, um, there's an opportunity, the owner of CJ Advertising, um, Arnie Malheim, was uh, interested in in retiring and, and we talked to him and we felt like it was a good fit for us to take over the leadership of, of CJ and we had to, you know, use the agency for 15 plus years to grow our firm. We were very close with the leaders at that agency. We sat down and talked to him and decided, look, this is going to be a good fit. And so we purchased the agency from Arnie and, and um, in January 1st of 2018 and have been rolling with it since that time. And have been able to grow it and um, just build a, a really, really cool company that helps firms grow, helps personal injury law firms grow. And we're, we, we do it all. I mean, we not only just with the advertising side, but help firms operate more operationally sound and build their systems and processes. And that's kind of been the differentiator for us uh, in terms of an ad agency for law firms is that we don't just say, hey, hey give us some dollars and we'll go put it on TV. We look at holistically, what are the best channels for you to advertise on to get clients in the door? It's a, it's customized per law firm. And then we talk to them about the art of and science of running a law firm and how they can um, help their firm run smoother and exactly where do they need to zero in their time, effort, energy, and attention to make their law firm run smoother. And it's really an incredible agency when you talk about all the uh, specialized services you can provide law firms in, in building and, and scaling. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. And if you're interested out there uh, on more on CJ Advertising, you'd certainly email Mickey, M-I-C-K-I, love, 
uh, at mlove at cjadvertising.com or visit their website at cjadvertising.com. Great, great organization there. Um, Chad, we're going to wrap up here, but uh, I, I got I to gotta ask you. So you have two partners, Stephen and James. Who uh-huh. can drink more hurricanes and be the last partner? <laughs> Uh, absolutely James. I think my money's on James. I've seen him. <laughs> James has got a different, uh, uh, I know he's, he's inhuman, but, uh, no, uh, two awesome guys, great trial attorneys. Uh, none of this would be possible without those two guys and, um, lots of fun. You spent some time around them. It, it's hard to have a bad time if you're with those two guys. Thanks so much, Chad. Such a pleasure having you on today and sharing very effective tools so so all of us can can build and, and grow profitable, but never losing sight that without a client, there is no business and the client uh, always comes first. Uh, thanks so much, Chad, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. If you were a friend or a loved one have been injured in an accident in Louisiana, you would definitely be mistaken not to look to the attorneys of Dudley DeBosier, talk to them. And, um, and from what I know of this firm and from what you heard today, the Dudley DeBosier difference, it's just amazing. Uh, they go the extra mile for their clients. I'm so happy Chad was able to take some time away from his schedule to talk with me today. If you want to reach out to Chad, his email is cdudley at dudleydebosier.com. You can also reach him at 225-230-3400. 90 or visit their website at dudleydebosier.com. That's D-U-D-L-E-Y-D-E-B-O-S-I-E-R.com. And as always, you could reach out to me with any questions or feedback, positive or negative. Any type of feedback is open helps. And let me know the topics that are important to you on the subject of building a first-class customer experience with your company. You can reach me at podcast at judgeshawinjurylaw.com. Be sure to request some swag in your email, and we'll be happy to send you some merch from my law firm. Thanks again for listening to The Judge Shaw Way. Are you ready to take the next step to creating an unforgettable brand? Subscribe to The Judge Shaw Way in your favorite podcast app and join the conversation on social media at Judge Shaw Injury Law. Have topic suggestions or questions? Email us at podcast at judshawinjurylaw.com and be sure to include an address where we can send you some cool swag. Attorney advertising materials. This podcast is designed for general information purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as legal advice for an individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create and viewing does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No aspect of this advertisement has been approved by the Supreme Court. Any results set forth herein are based upon the facts of that particular case and do not represent a promise or guarantee. Those with legal questions should seek the advice of an attorney.